0: Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks podcast. I am your host Ben Kreider and today I'm going to be talking about Darius Baisley. He's going to be back tonight against the 76ers and the real question from all this is should he be playing over Alexei Pogoshevsky? So that's kind of what I really want to base this one around. You know I've kind of held off on doing some major stories for podcasts. Normally I'll just throw tidbits in there, you know, like 10 minute tidbits, but I haven't really done any deep dives on topics in about like three weeks. You know, I'd probably say like trade, um, trade deadline was definitely one of those as well as, um, whenever there was like a one week break for the all-star game. So Yeah, I mean, bringing those back, hopefully you guys enjoy these. If you want any more of them, just tell me because I will probably be able to do that, you know, with draft season coming up and us being really a major player in terms of assets and, you know, just how we're kind of fluctuating up and down the draft board. We have a lot of options, so I guess covering a lot of different players would be good. You know, if you guys are interested, like I said, just tell me. But uh, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy kind of bringing back this new style. So Whenever we get into Darius Baisley versus Alexei Pogoshevsky, this is more of a long-term discussion because if we're looking in the short term, this probably isn't even a real question because SGA is out. And the roster, the way it's currently going to be when you insert Baisley in, since he will be playing, as well as Dort, he'll be making his return, you'd think the starting unit would be something along the lines of Maladone at the 1, Dort sliding down at the 2, Poku or Baisley at the three and then at the four same goes they're kind of interchangeable and then at the five you still have Moses Brown so the guy who'd be getting the short end of the stick for the near future is going to be Kenrich Williams I mean he finally was getting in into the uh starting role at the shooting guard but now with Baisley and Dort back I just don't see any more room for him there so I think he's going to drop and then you kind of just uh Kind of just help out and fill out the roles. Because since Dort can slide down, I think he's only like six three, six four, it does open the gap up and Poku, you really can't bench him at this point. And with Baisley, I don't think you're gonna throw him in a bench roll immediately after an injury. I feel like that would be just an absolute confidence drainer. And there's gonna be no minute restriction on Dort or Baisley, so I think that even further advances that he's gonna be having starting minutes, and I think Poku Probably will be having that as well. If there's going to be people taking knocks, it's going to be guys like Jalen Horde, Roby, whenever he comes back, even though he's injured for this game. And hell, maybe Kenridge Williams is still taking a bit of a uh, drainage in terms of minutes. But I don't think there's going to be any short term problems. You know, I think when SGA comes back, that's when the question comes. And especially after the offseason, that's when we're going to have a major discussion to be talking about. But if we just read into the numbers right now, if we're gonna, you know, pick in a hypothetical where SGA is back, who would be playing over the other right now? It's close. And I mean here's why. I think that uh when you're looking at the numbers just straight up right now, you're gonna evaluate Baisley's just overall performance in the first half of the year. When it comes to Poku I mean, his first half of the season was a complete wash. Like, nobody was taking him seriously at all. And I think this whole conversation probably was not even a thing back then. But since he's returned from Orlando, Poku's been a completely different player. He's been averaging 12.9 points, 6.1 rebounds, and 2.8 assists while shooting 38% from the floor and 36% from three on an average 6.1 attempts so he has been the team's probably best sharpshooter so far given how many you know shots he's jacking up when you look at percentages maybe williams or jerome would nip him but are they shooting it over six times a game i don't think so so i think poku that's really where his role has been filled and he's just done everything so well for us and i think with darius basley i mean we haven't seen him in a while and whenever he was playing he did solid. I think Poku definitely has been a lot more polarizing than he has, but Bayes was alright. I mean he averaged eleven point nine points, seven point five rebounds, one point five assists, and a little over half a block a game while shooting thirty-nine percent from the floor and twenty-nine percent from three on five point two attempts. So when you're just comparing, you know, what we've seen in the spurt from Poku compared to the whole body of work Baisley has shown this year, I'd probably go with Poku right now, because he's been doing a lot more than Darius Baisley has, I mean, with Baisley, he looked amazing as a rookie, like, even shooting the basketball, I think he was shooting, like, mid-30 percentages, and obviously, he wasn't a starter, like, he had Gallo ahead of him, but, I mean, in that role, in his little incubation stages, he was doing everything, and, Moving him into the starting unit this year has been pretty rocky. Like, if he had a three point shot, I don't know if like we would be just immediately handing this over to Poku. And I'm not saying that I totally am, but it it really hurts him because his game rookie year and entering this season was gonna be more along the lines of a do it all small forward who's sliding up to the power forward position. I mean amazing ball handler for the position as well as just finisher around the basket and he's been amazing at setting up layups like he that is probably one of his biggest strong suits the amount of euro step hop step side steps we've seen from him is crazy like that has been a major jump from him on how he's able to approach the basket when he's kind of running in stride but he hasn't been able to cap those off and then the major issue is three-point shooting. Like, teams were legitimately sagging off on him in some games, and what was basically going to do about it? I mean, obviously, he's going to be jacking up those threes, and what did you get from that? You got games where he was shooting two of seven from three, one of eight from three, just blank, like, oh, of four from three. So, it's been up and down with him, and that's something that has been clear from the get-go. Like, there was a time, probably for around... <laughs> maybe the whole entire month of i'd say january where he had this major like streak to begin the the new year like he had 19 points, 16 points and 20 points. That was probably peak base. And then he followed that up with about 10 games of just stinkers. Like he didn't get double digits often and when he did, it took him way too many shots to get there. And we got to this point where we every single podcast I would just say, you know, maybe this is the game where Baisley breaks out because he has shown it before, and it's kind of a deal where I think he is going to eventually. Like, from what we've seen from him, there's no way he's always going to be a 10-point score. Like, he will kind of flare up at times, but we didn't see it enough. And I think with Poku, same can kind of be said, you know, to begin the year. He was so flaky. I think now he's really found himself, and he's found rhythm, I think the difference is though when Poku has been playing he's been a real focal point of the offense like it's been him and Teo kind of running the show ever since he returned where whenever Basley was playing he was not really the sidekick like that was an expectation like he would be the second man in charge but it didn't really pan out that way like SGA went from a rising star to a star that should have been an all-star And then you had guys like Horford come out of nowhere. You know, his career seemed pretty much over when we got him from Philly. Like he was just going to be a body with a gigantic contract. Was not that. And then Lou Dort just broke out from three. So I think there was no true number two behind SGA. And Baisley was fighting for that, but he really just never had that. Whereas Poku, he's kind of been in the driver's seat ever since he's come out of the bubble. And what you've kind of seen from that is... Games where Poku has just been killing it. I mean, he has had three 20 point games in the last five games. You know how many Darius Baisley has had this entire season? Three. So I think Poku, he's just been breaking out a lot more than Baisley has. And I think this is going to be a new opportunity for Baze whenever he hits the hardwood again because of how different things are. Like when he's going to be playing against the 76ers. There's a good chance Mark Dagnall wants the ball in his hands a lot. When he was playing with SGA, yeah, the same was kind of true. But I think that um, he was still kind of relegated. I mean, by the end of things, he wasn't really really handling the ball a ton. And in the games that he was, he looked good. But for the most part, he was kind of just chilling out on the perimeter and not much else. You know, I kind of want to see him trying to run A half court offense and this is something we could genuinely be seeing now so I think it's kind of a clean slate for Baze and how he's kind of approached this I wouldn't call this a positional battle as of right now because of how everything has been going but it's going to become one and just kind of leaning more onto what Poku has been doing I mean he has been just out of this world lately like we are talking rookie of the year status right now I mean he didn't even make the rookie ladder last week I talked about that on the pod probably gonna be talking in the next couple days about where I would re-rank them because the um the rankings come out on I think Tuesday it might be Wednesday one of those two but I'll kind of give a re-rank uh when we have time for that but it's definitely gonna be going up like him and Maladon have been amazing and I'd probably give Poku just a slight edge as of right now because of how drastic it's been because with maladone he's been pretty consistent all year poku has just shot up like a cannon and looking at his past five games where i talked about you know he had three 20 point performances the other ones weren't even that bad either i mean as a collective he's averaging 16.4 points 5.2 rebounds 2.8 assists and 1.2 blocks In the month of April, those are those uh, five games, and he shot 42% from the field, but get this, he shot 46% from three, averaging 7.4 attempts per game, and this is not just coming off of catch and shoot. He is stopping, popping, draining threes, doing step back moves on defenders to get shots up. He's doing it all. He has looked like a freaking rising star. And yeah, you really wouldn't believe it based on how he began the season where he couldn't make a three to save his life. Like it took him pretty much a whole entire month to finally start feeling himself. And even at that point, like it really was not, you know, all too great for him. I think it was what he started the season one of 16 from three, just to give you a little bit of perspective there, but took him way too long to kind of settle in. Now he's settled in and he's been great you know, I'm kind of picking apart like a tiny sample size when I'm talking Poku shooting like 46% from three or whatever, but he definitely has an edge over Baisley right now as a shooter. Like I think Baisley just hasn't been able to perform this year and Baisley's going to be able to stop, you know, kind of cut that off. This is going to be kind of his new chance as I talked about a clean slate for him and we're just going to see how he is able to compete and it's going to be really fun to watch. So in the short term, as I mentioned, It shouldn't really be an issue. I think that there's going to be some cohesion there. In terms of how their roles kind of combat with each other, it's tough because I think both of them do kind of need the ball to be at their best. I think that Poku has been good as a catch-and-shoot player. Baisley has not. So maybe you're thinking, you know, Baisley should be the guy orchestrating the offense giving you the drive and dish opportunities to a player like Poku. But at the same time, Poku has gotten the ball, went the entire length of the floor, tried making plays for others. So they both need the ball. And when you're talking like a four position, that's not normally what you see. Like normally at that four, you see a big body who's going to set you screens. He'll be in the pick and pop. You kind of dump the ball down him inside and he'll make something work. That's not what Poku or basically do they don't fit in that stereotypical bunch and that's what makes it so tough when you kind of try to divvy up duties so it'll be interesting to see how everything kind of pans out i really want to look towards the long term though because as i talked about with the approaching offseason this is going to be a much different team like we have a lot of players locked up under contract and it's kind of crazy to think that because i think as of right now we should have like four picks i believe i think we're gonna have yeah we're gonna have two firsts out of the thunder rockets and heat and then you're gonna get that pick from the warriors that's likely gonna convey to a minnesota second and ours and we just don't have enough spots to kind of fill all that in so there's gonna be moves that kind of need to work and puzzle pieces that need to be filled in but if we're gonna assume that oklahoma city like packages players or something along the lines of that they get a really blue chip prospect I feel like they'd almost have to be a starter like if you somehow get a Cade Cunningham a Jalen Suggs uh Jalen Green Kuminga or or anyone like that I feel like immediately they're gonna be a starter either at the one two or three now the guy who kind of changes things up is Evan Mobley like if we get Evan Mobley at a really premium pick seven footer kind of do-it-all guy um and he's probably just taking a job from Moses Brown now you're still left with that small forward and power forward position to play with but if we're under the assumption that Mobley's off the table there's likely only going to be one of Baisley or Poku fitting in together unless for whatever reason they decide to move Lou Dort to the bench and I, I just don't know if that would happen because of what he's been doing, and because of his elite defense. It's kind of like you'd already move him to a Tony Allen area, but Lou Dort's like super freaking young right now, so he can still grow. It's tough, and it's a really good problem to be having. But just looking at it, like, it's going to be two out of the three from Dort, Bays, and Poku. I think Dort probably is going to have one of those spots secured. So you really do need to talk about what their long-term areas would be. And I think with both of them, like I said, it's really about being a secondary ball handler, being able to create offense on their own. I think both of them are pretty good in terms of isolating. Like, Baisley does it a lot more on the interior. Poku has kind of worked at all three levels to find his stride. But they're both very, very good at it. And given that they're still young as hell, like we're talking Poku is still a teenager. And then Darius Baisley is 20 years old. So, <laughs> you're really looking at like pretty much both rookies like Baze as a rookie Poku as a college freshman so it's wild they got a lot of untapped potential but um in a long-term scheme you know you're really gonna need to pick one and when it comes to it I think that Poku probably would be able to slip in um a little bit better because when it comes to Darius Baisley since he doesn't have that certified shot right now, I just don't know how it would work. Like the Thunder have moved to this kind of pace and space style of offense where s g a has been driving in. You get a high ball screen with someone like an Al Horford, Moses Brown, Bradley, and then you just work from there. and since there's no you know defensive three second violation, or there is my bad, you get a lot more lanes and SGA has been one of the top players in the league at finding those pathways and just slicing right in there getting to that second level and then he's able to pass the ball out and I think that Baisley is one of those guys that you kind of spot up in that corner or in one of those wings and he'll take one of those shots for you but I would not place him over Alexei Pokashevsky right now and that's why I'd put Poku in a starting spot I think Dort same category as Poku, Maladone even. I don't think he'd be starting. He'd definitely be coming off the bench next year. But he's also very good at it. I think Baisley currently is just a little bit too washy. So I'd probably put Baisley on the bench. And you'd also have Maladone. And that's a really good one-two combination, given that both of them are still super duper young. Um I think it'd probably work out a lot better because Maladone, he's kind of like a mini SGA right now, where his best trait actually probably comes from going into the pick and roll. And he's not really that quick when it comes to making his moves, but he always makes pretty smart decisions when it comes to whether he goes for a runner, makes a dump off pass, or kicks out. I love it there, but he also is able to stretch the floor. And as we've seen playing with SGA, he's a guy that will play second fiddle and he will just spot up and do whatever is necessary and I think Baisley, he also has been like that, where he will spot up and take shots, but how about you kind of give a little bit of a role reversal here, and Baisley is that guy getting the screens, Baisley's the guy attacking, and Baisley's able to spot up Maladone. that's a good conversion, I think a wide open three from Maladon right now, especially at a wing, is really just going to be going in almost every time, so you get a dynamic duo there, and then at the starting spots, you still have SGA, who's going to be amazing, Poku, He's just like Darius Baisley in the sense where he will try to size you up. He will make plays as an iso guy. He can really pass the ball as well. But he also has been very prominent when it, when it comes to shooting the basketball. He'd work there as well as Dort, whoever you pick, and you know whatever center there might be left. So I, I think that'd probably be my assessment as of right now. I'd probably give that edge to Poku, and it's probably because of that shot. But also, I mean, we've seen him, and he's been playing... Like the rookie of the year. And if he ends the season like this, like he's still playing at this level, I don't even think it's a question. Like if he dips down, then the question becomes really relevant because I probably still get Poku just a slight edge, even with Basley coming back right now. So if he can finish things out, he's going to have it. But also, you need to keep in mind this guy's a seven foot demigod, like seven foot three wingspan. He has done everything at a high level. He's been on Sports Center probably in the tens of times at this point. I know that social media cannot have enough of him right now. I know that really doesn't mean anything, but he's just been so unique of a prospect. Like, we have not seen a guy like him come in. Straight up unicorn, I've seen that thrown around, and I think it's fair because of what he's been doing. I mean, even Charlotte's head coach in our last game was giving him props because of his high release point because of how fast he shoots it you really can't defend him at all so when he gets in that zone he is an all he's playing at an all-star level pretty much and defenses really can't find a way to kind of cut all ties off with him and at 19 with him being the youngest player in the NBA and with the Thunder really right now being a rebuilding team I don't know why you wouldn't play Alexei Pokashevsky in a starting unit And for those of you saying, you know, why not Baisley, I totally get that perspective. And honestly, I would, I could see, you know, maybe a point of view for that. I think probably it'd be Poku, but if it's a situation where both of them fill in together, that'd be ideal. Like, obviously you want all of your starting guys to be having a crap load of minutes. But as we've seen throughout the course of the season, like, that has just been extremely difficult to do. We've seen Roby come in and out of minutes. Moses Brown, he wasn't playing until he went off in the bubble and Horford got benched. And then also going out of guys like Poku and Maladone, they really had to earn their stripes from the get-go. Ty Jerome also is in that category, and even Shvi. Like, they just have not had all those minutes, and it's going to be even more crammed when you get into what goes on next season because if you're going to get four rookies i wouldn't 100 percent guarantee we're going to sign all four picks i feel like we might package pieces together but if there's four more young guys like we're talking 19 20 21 year olds not everyone's going to have all those spaces and when there's only five starting spots and people kind of have that same exact role one of them is going to edge out the other ultimately and I'd probably say Poku right now but I think Baisley you can't really already mark him up as a guy that should be playing off the bench I think that you know when we saw him in his rookie year and we saw Gallo was leaving we saw Bays as a 16 and 8 player he still can 100% be that for the team but if he's going to be able to do that he needs to be able to develop a genuine jump shot if he can do that He's back in the conversation. I think without it, though, it really does kind of hinder his abilities. So that's really my take on it. If you guys have any differing opinions, make sure to tell me. If you think there's any points I might need to touch up on, also make sure to tell me, and I will address it in tomorrow's podcast. But yeah, that was just my little two cents on the argument that has kind of been going on as of right now. But um, just looking at the game, as I kind of revert back to that short term, both of them are going to get plenty of minutes in this game. This is going to be really a perfect game for us since we're getting Dort, since we're getting Poku, Bays, Maladone, and Brown. All these young guys are back. Really, it's just SGA that we're waiting on. Sure, we got guys like Roby out as well. But, yeah, I mean, we pretty much have our, our main roster back outside of our uh, our little all-star right now. So, it will be, it'll be uh, cool to see. Kind of... How we are able to match up against the Philadelphia 76ers. This is a team who has been kind of riding the top of the Eastern Conference standings all season long. And they really aren't plagued with injuries as they kind of have been in the past. We are going to see everybody there. Only guy on the injury report for the 76ers is George Hill. Actually, which that kind of sucks for us. I mean, no more return game for him. We'll have to wait till next season unless i'm going crazy and we play them later on in the year but um yeah i mean we're just not gonna be able to watch him so that kind of sucks it's a bit of a downer but i don't think it really ruins this game i mean when when you're just looking down the line of what we're gonna see the different kind of matchups that are going to be going on it's going to be absolutely beautiful from top to bottom ben simmons is going to be going up against maladone i feel like dort He's probably going to be the guy who has to go up against Ben Simmons. I don't want to completely say that right now, but if that's going to be the case, I'd probably go ahead and suggest that Dort's going to be guarding Simmons because of that gigantic height advantage Simmons has, and Dort's just been playing up on players all season long, so I'd probably give him give it to him right there. But if Simmons is going to be taking Maladon, on defense that's going to be great to watch and then when you look at dort you know see if he can get back into stride when it comes to shooting i think the biggest development with him was that three but the wild part about it was he's actually added on two different things to his game like he had the defense last year and then he got the three to start out this season and then before he got injured he actually was looking like a beautiful slasher. Like he did not show any remorse when he was driving into the basket. He wanted to get contact. He wanted to get to the foul line. Really beautiful trait for him. So will he keep that up? We'll watch out. Poku, who is going to be guarding Alexi Pokiszewski? Is it going to be Tobias Harris? Are they going to have to do some whack thing where Ben Simmons might be guarding Poku? And is Poku going to be able to accept that challenge on whoever he's on? damn I mean that'll be that'll be good and then with Baisley what's his role going to look like will he be able to find his stride from downtown and how is he going to be able to match up on his man I'd assume that'd be Tobias Harris but I don't know for sure and then one matchup that you really can etch in stone is going to be Moses Brown versus Joel Embiid and this is a major test for Brown because the little theory that I kind of formulated after he was done with his Orlando stint has actually kind of been true. Whenever he's going up against these taller defenders, he has been struggling. When he's guarding the guys or when he's matched up against guys who are, you know, really undersized, like we're talking if they're seven feet tall, they're really skinny, like a Lori Markkinen or they're just like six foot nine and they're kind of built but not crazy he's been able to feast on them but when you start looking at the players who are just burly and jacked and also seven feet tall he has had a lot of trouble like there has been clear discrepancies in how he's played i might honestly roll out some stats for my website on that but there's been serious missteps and when you're talking Probably biggest matchup of the year for him. Joel Embiid might be the guy. Joel has been feasting just as a post player. Inside, rebounding. He will do it all. And with Brown, he's going to have a gigantic test. I mean, obviously the strength advantage goes to Joel Embiid. He has amazing foot footwork as a center. Something that um, Moses Brown also has. And then also at the rim. I mean, Joel's not going to get moved around too much. And he's amazing protecting the rim so how will that go and then just the rebound battle like Moses Brown yeah he he'll get his 10 rebounds but how many of those are going to be offensive and how many of those rebounds are just going to convert into easy layups or dunks so I don't know man I mean when I'm assessing kind of just how this game will go I'd probably bet for our losing streak to continue to six again but with everyone back It's going to be so different. I mean, this is a new team that we're looking at, like, pre-All-Star break to post-All-Star break. We saw just a complete change in the roster. I think from our last game to this game, it's going to be a complete different vibe because originally it was just watching our rookies, and now you add two sophomores in with Dort and Baisley, and we'll just see how they kind of mix together because we haven't seen that blend with all four of them. We've seen it with three not all four so this will be a good judgment game and i'm going to say that because not only is it their first one but the team they're going up against is a real challenge in general so will they be able to kind of climb that mountain and get the w in this game or will they kind of falter and struggle to find their identity so that's what i'll look out for just how those four really mesh together i'm not sure what the starting unit is we do not have that report right now But I assume all four of them are going to be starting plus Moses Brown. And if that's the case, it's going to be straight fireworks. And I'll make sure to just jot down anything I see in between those guys. Anything I feel like I might want to share with you all. And, you know, obviously just recap the game for you guys tomorrow. But other than that, though, guys, that is going to wrap up today's episode. I thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all next time. See ya.